everybody. Welcome to episode 98 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts. 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 <laughs> I'm one of your hosts. One of your hosts. <laughs> I'm another ho. Hey. Paul Robinson. This is Shia Dumont here. Okay. So here we are. Day whatever of whatever. I don't even know. I don't know what year we're in anymore. Yep. But thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for um, tuning into the podcast, you know, like you do, download it, tune in, mm-hmm. check it out, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, uh, don't worry, we're going to have some guests soon. We have some some things in the works, though. We could just say that, but we do. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. We got some things to talk about, though, don't we? I do do so. Where do you want to start? Um, well, just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. You know, okay. Whatever. Well, you know, NAB was supposed to be... Was it this this past week, last week, something like that? And uh, I, I I like NAB because there's a lot of product announcements. Then I get to have the dual thought of really wanting to be there mm-hmm. and also fearing uh, the airplane that would mm-hmm. get me there. So Well, you wouldn't have even been able to go. So. No, nope. I should have really doubled down and like, I'm going to do it this year. <laughs> oh, I guess I can't. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there was some stuff released. There was a, a, actually a bunch of stuff, but um, I'm not going to sit here forever and talk about gear. Because we're not really like a gear-centric podcast, but... Well, I mean, it's... I do enjoy gear. certainly relevant. Yeah, I certainly do enjoy... Um, I am a bit of a gearhead. I don't put a lot of stock in gear. Like, it doesn't matter what camera you have to a certain extent, you know, but I do like, you know, whenever a new camera comes out, I'm watching stuff, mm-hmm. looking it up, what's going on with it and everything. I find it very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple of cameras announced uh, and some firmware to existing cameras and stuff. Um, um, so for me, my main spec mm. for a, a camera is always going to be dynamic range. Right. Always. It's my number one. I don't care about 8Ks or 6Ks or 20Ks. How much dynamic range is there in, is there, in there? You know, what that's what I want to know. What if it's 1K? All right. Well, I mean, you know, there's a, there, is a, there is a line. I don't want to know 1K. I'm just saying. Um, the biggest one is probably Canon. Canon released their C300 Mark II, the follow-up to the C300, which was pretty popular. Um, in, you know, I'm not really, I don't know. There's I'm just not really like a camera, Canon cinema camera guy we have a mm-hmm. canon stills yeah camera mm-hmm. um but i never got into the i don't know there's just it just it's always expensive you know like the cinema their cinema there's the cinema side of their stuff mm-hmm. i we shot with a t3i we shot with a uh uh what, whatever we have now i don't even know what we have now <laughs> we had an sl2 for a while and now we have something else we don't have like the newest newest but no it's pretty close i think yeah Six or seven hundred dollars, I think. I don't remember what we paid for it. Um, not that we had like that kind of money to throw around. I just don't remember. Actually, um, no. We 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 bought it because our T three I died. Yeah. Finally, and yeah. it was right before um, a vital sign, and we were like, "Did we seriously just lose the still camera?" Mm-hmm. And it was like totally not in our budget to have to then spend money on a still camera. But then it was like the difference between a used and a new Canon was like. We were like, oh, just get the damn yeah, yeah. and then fine. But that was definitely not a fun purchase. It wasn't like, yay, we're buying a camera. It was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this happening right now? So, yeah. But it is fun to, to look up. I, and I always get the, the chore of deciding which one we're going to buy, which one makes the most sense. Um, so, yeah, I never really was into the, the Canon cinema cameras. They're not bad or anything. They're just 
were always a bit out of my price range. Say that it's not bad, but it's not great either, is it? Yeah. I mean, some people argue that they're the best and whatever. I mean, everybody has their thing. Um, so anyway, they released a new one. Well, aren't cost... you like either Team Nikon or Team Canon, really? I mean, well, for still stuff. Yeah, yeah, for still. I mean, there's... I suppose. Well, no, I mean, I think there's like Fujifilm I mean, has some stuff still, coming like, out. fighting and, like... for Pentax or... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> somebody like Team Pentax. Sony has a, a some... I don't like Sony's... Yeah, stick to TVs, all right? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I've I've used Sony they have cameras. cinema cameras too. Actually, the Sony cinema cameras, I think it's the F55 or the F5 or something. I think that they use them a lot on shows and stuff. Yeah, I, I wasn't too for still camera. I wasn't too impressed with the Sony. Yeah. Um. So the C300 Mark II was announced or released or whatever. I don't know if you could buy them because I don't. I'm not in the market for an eleven thousand dollar camera at the moment. Oh shoot. Um. But uh, what's interesting about this is it has what's what they're calling dual gain output, um, which which if anybody that's a, a, ca- a camera nerd knows of like dual native ISO, which means that you can shoot at like 800 ISO and that's your base ISO. So then your the black levels will be really clean or whatever. Then you can also shoot at like 3200 ISO and that's your base ISO. And then then you could shoot outside at night and it's darker and then mm. it kind of brightens the image up without mm-hmm. adding a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. This is a little different. It's like a dual gain output sensor. So um, it allows it to, for me, the biggest takeaway is it allows it to get up to 16 stops of dynamic range, which is great. My camera that I have, the Ursa Mini Pro gets 15. Uh, I, think it, I think it handles the dynamic range pretty well. 16 is, you know, in these numbers... Here's the thing with dynamic range before I get too far into it. You know, you could say you have 14 or 15 or 16. That's kind of where everybody lives now. Um, but it depends on how, how you're measuring it. You know, like a camera could come out and say, oh, we got 14 stops of dynamic range, but maybe they really only get 12 in mm-hmm. real world applications. But, you know, it's like a car. Yeah. You know, fuel fuel efficiency. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get like the perfect thing. And anyway. It's a guesstimate. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's still, that's still a pretty hefty number, but I mean, it's all, the specs are all kind of like, you know, resolutions 4k, you know, it does internal ProRes raw. So they're probably paying licensing for that. Um, you could do 2k up to 180 frames. I mean, there's nothing, that's the thing with cameras now. It's like, we kind of hit a thing, a plateau and you could either add more dynamic range, more frames per second, or, more resolution. That's really all we have left. Yeah. Um, and color science and stuff. But at this point, you're kind of already, I feel like you're, you can really push and push and pull colors, especially if you could shoot raw um, in post to, to look like however you want, really. You know, um, it's nice to have a, a good look out of the camera. I really like Blackmagic's color science. I feel like it gives it a really nice natural tone. So that's less work you got to do in post, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I feel like something really impressive has to happen to really make much of a of an impact now because the, yeah. the past 10 years was like this explosion of technology when it came yeah. to cameras. Everything just drastically changed in the past decade. And now it's like, all right. Yeah. I don't know how much better, honestly, yeah. cameras can get without being completely out of reach financially. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. How much it... more can a camera do really? Right. Like think about in 20 years, like 
aside from like filming things for you yeah. and completely like being able to, I don't know, like type in a look and be like, that's the look, put all well, the settings, make you know, it happen. That's the thing, you know, in you 10 know? years from now, you probably won't even have to worry about dynamic range no, or ISOs or anything. Saying. You just shoot it and then figure it all out later. It just collects yeah. all the information. I think that's, there's really, how much further can you go aside yeah. from basically having the camera, ma- yeah, you know, you, don't, you won't have to focus, you. nothing. Yeah. You just shoot. <laughs> just do it. You can figure all that out later. Um, which is, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see Listen, what happens. If we could afford a camera that did that, I would totally say go for it. And here's why, because so much of our time is eaten up by setting up shots, dealing with settings. We're still going to need to light things all the, properly. Yeah, you light stuff, but that's it. Yeah. I mean, if a camera does the work for you, you just light your scene and fucking go. And that's yeah. it. And you don't have to sit there. You don't even need to follow focus. You don't need anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to do it for you. And um. I think there's something to be said for the efficiency for independent filmmakers on on having a camera that because, you know, it's it's not impressive to me that somebody knows how to do that, I guess. I mean, I, it it's obviously it, you have to have an eye for what? it. Well, you know, someone's like, well, did they pull focus on this? Film? Oh, oh, or yeah. did the camera pull? Fo- really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be any more impressed because you manually pull focus over having a camera pull focus for you, you know what I mean? Well, a lot it's of cameras not, have... Um... It's not that... I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at a story. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at lighting. Yeah. I'm looking at because you know the camera is not going to put itself in the spot. You're still going to have to be able to compose yeah. shots and do storyboards and all that stuff. So I, I'm not taking away from the talent of a DP, the eye that a DP has, and the vision that a director has, just because the camera's way more efficient. Yeah, I still think. I well, think did if, you think about if it's twenty years be... ago? You still needed to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. think that the art form of it will change well, all that I much. Mean, it's just, but look at like you know, thirty years ago, you had to manually focus a still camera. Yeah, you know, yeah. How many times it was something out of focus and you didn't know until you developed it, and we're yeah. like, oh, I didn't get the shot. Yeah, yay! You know, who would have ever thought? Then when I was in high school, actually developing photographs in a dark room that was built by cardboard boxes in my school and blankets. Fun times. And we made, we made a fort. Yeah. We made like a cardboard fort and we would develop our pictures. And I had, um, I don't remember what camera I had because it was, it was the school's camera. Might've been an, might've been a Nikon. Mm. Um, And, you know, actually having a teacher have to have an instructive course on how to focus yeah, and where, you know, what type of lenses you were using and, you know, you know, your, your range and your, it's like all that stuff was manual. I mean, it took for taking a photograph took 20 minutes (laughs) just to set up for a photograph. So, you know, I would have never imagined when I, when I was actually into photography, that there would be a time that there would be a screen on the camera that would show me the picture that I took. I would know if I had it in focus and, you know, would, would do all that work for you. Yeah, I never thought that would happen. So I think it's totally feasible that you can have like droid cameras soon, but they'll be like forty grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something we would never be able to actually get. So what else? Has anything else happened? Come yeah, out. There was um. So there's this sort of newish camera company called Kinfinity, and they kind it's of kitschy. Yeah, they're um, and they kind of started out as like this like budget raw uh, red camera because. The way that they their systems are set up, it's just like a box with a sensor, you know, kind of like which red. is what red is, yeah. Um, but they've been actually, you know, they've been doing well, and and a, a lot of people like the images that they get from them. Did we reach out to them? What did we reach out to them? No, 
<laughs> Why would we? They're not going to give us anything. Well, not with that attitude. Yeah. Um, so they came out with a camera, uh, an 8K camera. Oh. So this thing is like a spec monster, um, except for the one spec I care about, of course. <laughs> dynamic range. 14 stops of dynamic range, which is um, so it's not bad. That's average. It's not bad, you know. So it's average, uh, but it does 8K up to like 48 frames a second. So it does like 4K at like 160, um, which is nice. I just how much does this puppy cost? Eleven thousand, eleven or twelve thousand. I mean, I don't really. That's I don't see that as a budget red. I mean, a red. No, costs well, not now much, because so. they've they've gotten to a place where you know they're, ah. they're they're much you know you know you know how it where is. They like, can, where they can financially rape us like everyone yeah, else. It's full frame. It does 8K uh, ProRes RAW. You know, 4K at 160, 6K at 100 frames a second. A dual native ISO, like we talked about, it has 800 and 3200. Um, and so it, um, it uses SSDs, which are cheap and off the shelf, so that's good. But, um, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a good camera. Like, Red's version of this would be, like, 50 grand. You know, like an mm-hmm. eight, a full-frame 8K camera. Um, it's pretty exciting to see that. It's full frame 8K. Like I don't need 8K. I would if I had an 8K camera, I would never shoot 8K because how are you going to edit that? You know, my computer would melt if I tried to sh- uh, edit 8K. Just shut stuff. down yeah. and then say fuck you. So I think 6K is fine because then you could punch in a lot on a 4K image if you want to, I guess, or whatever. But um, I, I really wouldn't need, uh, need to go above that. But anyway, um, I find that very exciting because it's a new camera company it's not like one of the big guys like canon or yeah. you know sony or panasonic or whatever so they but have I something like new that's coming what everybody out. does they come out and they're like hey we're this really affordable camera and then it takes off and suddenly you're not an affordable camera anymore yeah. and i wonder like wouldn't you be more wouldn't you ha- have more sales if you remained to be an affordable camera than mm-hmm. like con- i mean i, I get the that's corporate what, uh, greed of it but that's it's what just black like... magic does they just drop the price of their but that's why i like 6k them camera affordable. to two grand so you can for two thousand dollars you can buy a 6k camera from black magic it's like one of the pocket mm-hmm. cameras it's i mean those cameras are great you know uh, i love my ursa mini pro more than probably you but um me <laughs> I love the camera more. Oh, than yeah. Oh no, that yeah, that fine. Yeah, um, I'm like I love the camera. <laughs> uh, but that is just like an astonishing deal. You're getting 6K and EF mount. You know, it's 35 millimeter, I believe, um, size sensor, and uh, yeah, I mean that's like the best deal going right now. Team Black Magic. Yeah. Um, Hashtag Black Magic. Yeah. So. So is that that's it? no? That, I was excited about that, and then there's this light I've been wanting to get for a while. The Aperture 300. D aperture, um, um, just to have something that's just pure power and brightness that I can like accent the sun with, you know, and um, you know, someday. But I forty-five don't, I, gigawatt, yeah, light, one point twenty-one gigawatt light. <laughs> um, so they came out with the three three hundred X, which is basically the three hundred D that's bicolor, um, which is exciting because anytime a company comes out with something new like this, they tend to lower the price of their other stuff so the light i want might be a little bit less but i don't think that's happening unfortunately but i was excited because it's a it's not like an led panel which most of your bicolor lights are panels or tubes or something this one is a single point super bright light and to be able to dial that color in is nice i mean i have the um the 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 light i have IntelliTech, mm-hmm. um, that's by color, but it's the, it's the thing where you know it, because you're dealing with two different color temperatures, you're shifting between one to the other, and it, the brightness isn't 
as powerful if it was just one color temperature. This seems pretty bright. Um, I don't know the technology behind it if they're if they're shifting from you know it's sixty five thousand lux, so um, it's pretty good. You know, I would hope so. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. You know, it's just a lot of technology stuffs coming out. Still expensive. This you is know, like eleven hundred bucks. The only thing I was thinking when you were like, "What the hell do you film on eight K?" was I was thinking like because uh, we had actually seen. We're not going to review it because there's really not much to review. But we had watched um, a Disney documentary that was filmed many many years ago. It was like eight years old, I think. Um, Chimpanzee, and it was funny because we hadn't looked at the date. Mm-hmm. We assumed that it was much more recent when we were watching it because the uh, the cinematography was just gorgeous. I mean, yeah. The camera, we were like, what the hell did they film on? I mean, this yeah. is beautiful. And then we were like, 2012. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, look, at, at those budgets, 2012, the cameras were still amazing. You know, you had amazing cameras. You had money for it. But we just, I was just so amazed because RTV's old, as we know. Yeah, and it doesn't look good. The image was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Just really nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, like that kind of stuff, nature stuff, I could see oh, filming sure, in, yeah. in 8K, obviously. In but so. I don't think there's a lot of like indie film, like some indie, no. like, you know, a romantic comedy or drama that's yeah. going to be shooting for 8K. For 8K, yeah. yeah. Um, but like if you like... If you were shooting like a high-end cooking show or something like that, where you can yeah, punch into yeah. the host's face and then you have okay. your wide, so you're getting two angles at I could see that, whatever, but, but um, like I said, not at that price range. No, no. Um, and then, so you just have like a cooking, a, a nature show, cooking show camera. That's pretty much all yeah. you're really going to use that for. Yeah. So, well, speaking of, speaking of studios and uh, funds. Yep. Um, if if you've been following, there's 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 some drama. There's some drama going on between AMC drama. and Universal. If you haven't heard, yeah. if you've been under a rock, yeah. Um, so AMC is uh, they're putting they're putting the kibosh on their contract, I guess, or agreements or mm. relationship, their business relationship, if yep. you will, with Universal. Um, as per Universal's plans, I suppose claim that their their intention here on out is to release streaming and then also release in the theater simultaneously or something mm-hmm. and uh but just not amc theaters right okay. um wait what you said that i haven't really kept up with the story i just read the headlines but amc is not going to be playing anymore universal any more universal movies. Yeah, any... So they're going to release them online, but also in the theaters, but not AMC theaters. Well, not theaters. now because right. AMC had said no, no, that the, their intention, they were just saying like, oh, oh, before I got you before this. Yeah. The, the gotcha. idea was, hey, we're going to re- because this all started because and that's of, when AMC was like, fuck that. This all this started because of the F and Trolls movie. All right. So this thing dropped right. right when this whole COVID started. Mm-hmm. And so everybody was at home. And this is right in the beginning where people are losing their damn minds because this was when we this was at the thought of being stuck at home for two weeks. Do you remember that? Remember when we were like, oh, my God, they're going to quarantine us for two weeks. Yeah. And we had no idea that it was going to be months and months on end. Although yeah. myself, like just having at that point, just uh, um, neurotically researching stuff, I the first thing I said was, there's no way this is going to be two weeks. This yeah. is going to, we're in, we're in for the long haul here. But this is when, just as a collective, people were losing their minds over two weeks of having to two stay home. Two weeks. Two weeks. And so trolls and, you know, so mm-hmm. a, a couple of these studios were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to VOD everything. And then, because it's either that or you drop the dates back, which most movies did. Mulan 
uh, Black Widow, yeah, all the everything. like all the big films just pushed everything back into Quiet the place, summer. Quiet Place, we had tickets for. Thank yeah, you very summer much. and fall, like everything got pushed back. But for these movies, I think, which was smart, especially something like Trolls, right? Where yeah. it's like these kids are going to be home driving their parents yeah. crazy, like occupy them, occupy them. Mm -hmm. So they released it and I think they made, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm thinking a hundred million. I don't know why I, I thought that I heard a hundred mil. Wait, the um, theaters? No, streaming. Oh, streaming. They sold it. They didn't put it on a service. Gotcha. Right. And um, so right there, they were like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we just made a hundred grand in box office sales. Million. Yeah, a hundred million in box office without having to actually have to go, you know, to yeah. a box office. So um, I guess that was their plan now was that, you know, they, they saw it as a, a lucrative, profitable thing. And AMC, they pumped the brakes with the quickness. And they were like, yep. whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm hmm we didn't agree to this and this isn't fair because of course now they're going to be losing sure you know people that would have otherwise gone to the theater so the people that are always going to go to the theater they're going to go to the theater but there there's not enough of those mm -hmm. folks right to hold to uphold the you know the the I don't know expenses if you yeah. will of I mean of theaters were theater. yeah theaters weren't like make, I mean they they're making they're a big company and they're making lots of money but they're not making the type of money you'd think yeah. Well, so, you know, I guess, you know, Universal came back at it about, you know, like, yeah. well, this is da, da, da. Um, apparently there's been talk up here by us up in Hudson Valley of like drive-in theaters being the thing to do oh, now. OK. Um, so they're going to, you know, now summer's coming. And um, interestingly enough, I don't do drive-in theaters in the summer. Because summer and nighttime equals mosquitoes. No, thank you. Yeah. And the second you open the window to like hand a ticket, it's like, they're all in there. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, like, yep. I'm just going to wind up getting chewed up and I don't do it. But I mean, I don't know. Like to go for, on a cooler night and keep your windows something up. something I really want to see. I don't like drive-ins. Drive-ins are nostalgic. But yeah. for me. The picture quality is never that great. No, it's <laughs> horrible. It's the, the, the screen it's is like, like falling apart. Yeah, usually. it's like you're watching your movie on a piece of paper. You know, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't on a wall. You know, it just yeah. never looks good. And as a kid, we only used to go to the drive-in during the summer mm -hmm. because we would go upstate. Some some summers we would go upstate. That was like our place to go was up by Monticello. And you know, I was a city kid. We didn't have drive-ins, and I was young, and so I would get put in my pajamas because it was nighttime, and would go in the car and. Every single time I fell asleep, like five minutes into the movie. I'm in pajamas. I'm yeah. in the dark. I'm comfortable. <laughs> like It's over. So whenever I think of a drive-in, I'm never thinking of like being alert. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just always think of like taking a nap. Yeah. We have only seen one movie together in a drive-in. It was that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie where he was a bike messenger. Yeah. That was the only time we ever saw anything in the drive-in. And I was, you know, it's like you're distracted. People are like walking past and this day. Uh -huh. And then the quality, the audio <laughs> coming out of your radio, unless yeah. you have like some banging fucking radio in your car. If you, if your car, if you have, if you, you your car is all souped up. Yeah. Then yeah, you can have some nice audio in there. But for us, it was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't, I don't know that I would want to do that. I think it's a great option for people with kids and stuff like that mm -hmm. to keep, you know, keep films going. So yeah. it's a nice Makes alternative yeah. to what's going on. But long term, I'm thinking as movies. Plus, I mean, we're, we have one near us, but we're, that's even like 45 minutes away. I think we have two. Yeah, there's two. There's two. And yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it, honestly. Um, if if it was close to us and it was something we'd already seen mm -hmm. or they were doing like, you know, playing retro, 
and going back and playing something. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, hey, we're like Back to the Future we're or something. Playing Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. I'd be like, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would go because I'm not really having to engage in this film. I know all of the dialogue by heart, and it's just like a fun experience if it was close by. But for me to drive almost an hour to sit in a drive-in, I don't know. I didn't even think about drive-ins. That's a, a good solution. Yeah, but they there's were, just not enough of them. Yeah, there's not. And and that doesn't help people that are in, like, city areas. Yeah. You know, if it's you're in the suburbs, that's great. But for everybody else, that sucks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess they're, you know, they, they've got beef now. Here's the thing. I understand What's both sides of it. Mm-hmm. I understand both sides of it. You, you're, A studio makes a film, something like this happens, and it's like, look, we either push this back which winds up costing us more money because now we have to advertise for this again and, duh, duh, yeah. duh, and drag this out. Or we just release this on streaming. And if it has the opportunity to be successful, which it does, obviously, for more big box office type stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't see this being like um, that much of a big deal for indie because they kind of do that now. Yeah, like, yeah. It, you know, just sell it to Prime and, you know, Netflix or whatever. And, you know, they're not really in it for the huge box office uh, outcomes. But, um, you know, I, I, I get that. It, ultimately you, you still have to make back a profit and you're going to do, but then I also see AMC side of it in that I think, I think it's about three weeks. They said before a theater starts to see profit from a film, it takes usually about three weeks because for those of you that don't know, you're, you're essentially renting the film from the studio at a right. very high cost, which is why concessions cost so much. We all know this, but mm-hmm. maybe somebody doesn't who's listening. And that's why your popcorn costs $45 because the first three wheel, the, the first three weeks that star Wars is playing, that movie theater is making like four cents off of that movie, yeah. off off the ticket. The rest of it is going to the studio. Disney's the worst. Yeah, and Disney, you know, you're not, they're not making a lot of money off of this. So I can see why they'd be like, well, look, <laughs> you're, you're going to run us into the ground. So yeah. I'm not going to play your film. But then it's kind of like, so now you're limiting. For instance, we go to AMC. That's generally where we go. And we we went through an Alamo draft house phase. Before yeah. the Dolby screens came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're like Dolby whores. Yeah. And I have to say, I think we've seen maybe four films in Dolby. Never had a bad experience. A little, I had a, a glitch when we went to see the last Star Wars because the girl next to me was a nervous laugher and found everything funny and I wanted to hit yeah, her in the throat. That's not the theater's but fault. That's, yeah, that's not like, well, it's never really the theater's fault. It's usually people. That's yeah. 90% of why I hate going to the movies it's is people. because people yeah. are going to be annoying and talk and all that shit. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it's because we're paying so much for the seats. I don't know if it's because people are reclined and therefore like they're, they're in submission. They're yeah. in a comfort submission and we all just shut up. Yeah. But I've had better experiences in the Dolby theaters than in the regular theater. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I can see, I don't know, I can see both sides, but for instance, we go to AMC and if AMC says, Oh, we're not playing 1917 because that's the universal. Well, well, I ain't coming here. Right. So if my option is to have to go to some shitty theater or just watch it at home, I'm gonna watch it at home. It would have been cool. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. It's a movie you should see in the theater, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't know. Yeah, I get both sides. Go back to Alamo, I guess. But I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose for for a movie like that, I would. Yeah, well, that's the thing we were anyway. I mean, we we when we first we we go to a lot less movies now than when we first met. Mm-hmm. You know, because of 
I have a just, box of like all ticket stubs yeah, from just the because 12 it's years just the we've people been together. Too. It's never, I mean, yeah, it, it, it can get, it's getting more and more expensive, obviously. So there's that as well, but it's, it's the whole thing, man. It's the, it's the cost. It's the going there. It's the dealing with other people. That's probably the biggest thing is, I mean, not so much now with the, you know, but there's still the other factors of like, yeah, I can, we can go now and spend like 40 or 50 bucks or whatever and gas and whatever, all that stuff to get there. And, or we can just wait till it comes out. Yeah. on streaming or, or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. Normally I would say they're just going to make up eventually because there's a lot of money at stake. But it's interesting, you know, because these things always happen and then they make the, the fight public and then they see where the public stands mm-hmm. and all this crap and then they end up usually making up or whatever. It's just usually something like this is for leverage. So one company can screw over the company, other company a little well, bit more. Well, I can more. tell you who's coming, but, who's who's landing on top here so far, judging by people's comments on, on these things. And it's universal. Yeah. AMC doesn't really have a leg to stand on here because the majority, and I mean the majority of the comments on a lot of these um you know, social posts, media posts yeah. and stuff that I saw were people who were like, fuck the theater. I don't go to the fucking theater. It's too expensive. I'd rather stream it. Yeah. And I, I, I find that sad, you know, because there's just something very right about movie theaters. And, yeah. and I, and when you, you know, you yeah. have a good experience, I, I don't want to not be able to have that option, I guess, but theaters aren't free to run, you know? So if mm-hmm. we're not going to them, then we can't really expect them to just stay open for movies that we feel like watching yeah. in a the theater, you know? Yeah, I mean, I love um, I love watching Star Wars and Marvel and 1917, all those types of movies yeah. in the theater. I, I truly like I'm not a theater hater at all. I, I truly believe that those movies are meant to be seen in a theater. Will I watch it at home? Sure, of course, you know, if that's my option for sure. But I don't know. I, I, I love seeing those big movies at in, we in don't the buy concession either yeah that's the thing. just so like we we're the people that the movie theaters hate because yeah. we they don't make money off of off of us really it's not very good well it's here the popcorn here, is like i'm gonna overly i'm gonna segue like, for a second i worked in a the theater segue. so i know so uh andrew dunkelberger mm-hmm. who's our buddy in the uk dunkle berger <laughs> every single time sorry andrew he has to do it yeah. i usually have to do it too but i i refrained um so i learned today that in the UK, they don't pop their popcorn fresh. Mm-hmm. They buy that shit in bags in bulk. And then they just like package it and sell it to you mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. That's some bullshit. You know what? Sorry to say. Here's another thing. And I, I, I'm sure I told you this, but, you know, most of the theaters in the, in the States, at the end of the night, all the popcorn that's package left, it yeah. throw it in a bag. Next next morning, heat dump it, it in there. Yeah, heat it up. Which You're was, eating day-old popcorn. Which, is, when you which was an argument shows. he made with me. He's like, well, you know, we, we would bag it up. I said, yeah, but it was still like... That was popped the night before versus popped six weeks earlier when that got packaged yeah. in some and factory. Got preservatives yeah. in it and stuff. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's the UK. So, you know, yeah, they're they're not stupid like we are with the with the chemicals so much. But I don't like movie theater popcorn because I don't like the fake yellow grease. I know that's you're you're yeah. either like team grease or you're not. And no, thank you. I love the smell of it. Yeah. Right? So we go into the movie theater and somebody will inevitably sit near us. They've got the, you know, the the bucket of popcorn. That you can fit a two-year-old into. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, that smells great. And I think... That's why they have it like car maybe dealers and shit. Have twice it. in a decade, I've gone, fuck it. I'm going to get some... Pop- it smells great. I'm going to yeah. get it. I get it. Yep. First bite in. I'm like, I don't want this. Yep. I get one bite. I'm like, it's greasy. It's just... It's overwhelming mm-hmm. because it's such a fake taste and yeah. flavor. We used to go to an indie theater that used real butter. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. 
You want to give me popcorn with real butter Which on one it? one Bethel? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. But, you know, that greasy thing. And then, like, AMC, you know, they basically turned into, like, a little... They, they turned into, like, some little sports bar. Yeah. Right? We got mozzarella sticks. We got pizzas. We got chicken sliders. We've got wraps. We've got... Yeah. Chicken tenders. I mean, out of desperation... Because, look, a chicken tender at a movie theater is the same shit that you're getting at a diner. It's frozen. They deep fry it. It's yeah. good. I mean, it's decent. Yeah. But is it worth $9? Not really. Yeah. And the last time we got chicken tenders... Um, like three of them froze together Oh yeah, and they fried it. And so right when we got to those three, the inside was still frozen Yeah, because it, they were just stuck. And I was like, wow, I just paid mm-hmm. almost 10 bucks for this and the I can't even thing, eat half of it. The only thing worth getting at a movie theater is dips. <laughs> Although they, when I remember and when Jer- Jared and I used to go. Not dips because not like dipping Dots. No, it's dibs, dibs or dips or something like dibs, that. Dibs, I think. Yeah. They used to have the uh, mint chocolate ones, and uh, those are my jam. I'd go to the theater and get those without fail. And now they just have some other kind, and it's I'm not having it. Yeah, but I don't, ice cream you can't go like that's you can't go wrong with. Ice I'm not going to go to a theater though to buy like a naked bar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you go and they're like, oh, we have granola. You want to pay five dollars for a granola bar? No, yeah. that's cool. I could buy the whole box for that. Your kind of bar, um, please. I hate. I hate to say. I know that, you know, we're not supposed to do it, but I, I go in like buffet in my backpack. I've got like sandwiches, chips, candy, drinks. I am not above bringing like milk mm-hmm. and cookies. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm eating. I'm not spending $45 on food at a movie yep. theater. It's not happening. So that's anyway, that's the argument. We're we'll, part of the problem. We'll follow it through and see. You know, obviously, keep you guys updated. It's going to be interesting because... I want to see where this is going to go. Yeah. Because of the whole pandemic stuff, this is going to be interesting. Um, Hand over some real butter popcorn. I want to watch this fight. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. No, I was just trying to think about it, like, where it would go. Because, like I said, if it was just a normal every... You know, if there was no pandemic and it was just, like, normal, I would say they'll work it out. It's fine. But now with this pandemic, you know, a lot of these companies like Universal and MGM or whatever, all those... They're gonna. They they still need to make money. People are scared so, to go to the movies. Yeah, and well, even when the theaters open, they're, they're not going to be. First of all, they're going to have restrictions because you're not going to be able to fill a theater, and then you're going to have people that are still scared to go. So it'll be interesting to see what a lot of these companies will do if they're going to start just doing blockbusters at the theaters and everything else is mm-hmm. in, at home, or if they're going to be. You know, if the, if this is the downfall of cinemas i mean it might be you know it i don't know be. i don't think they'll go away forever or or altogether um but i, I feel like be way less of them yeah way less it'll just be amc and maybe one other you know whatever big companies well, you'll can have kind like of you'll have that. like the indie the cool indie little places but i think like you know going into a town and having the local movie theater i don't think that's going to exist anymore mm-hmm. because they won't be able to afford to there's gonna be no point yeah anyway okay so um Review time. What did we watch? So everybody started talking about extraction on Netflix. I was seeing this a lot mm-hmm. on the Facebooks and, oh, you know, watching this now, watching this now. Okay. Um, and it looked interesting. And mm-hmm. um, Chris Hem- Hemsworth. Hemsworth. And I have to say, I'm a Chris Chris Hemsworth fan. I've been for a long time. I feel like he he's handsome, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And he, uh, well, righty. I mean, whatever he, he's, uh, you know, he's symmetrical or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> but, uh, but like, that's he's, what we look, that's what we look for in a guy. Yeah. Just symmetry. symmetry. Um, but 
you know, I feel like he's got a lot of a lot more range than people think he does. You know, he's got great comedic timing. He can well up a little bit if he needs to. Um, you know, so I feel like he's I'd like to see him really like, you know, I've never spread his yeah, wings. I've never really seen that. I guess I, I think he's cool, I guess. Um, but I didn't really I didn't really enjoy him until I saw him as Fat Thor. Yeah. Because I felt like, oh, this is a level that we've not seen. Because Thor's character is very dull yeah. to me. Yeah. I know some people would be like, oh. I, I We went to see the first Thor in the theater and I was like, snooze fest. I just couldn't. Like between him and Natalie Portman, I was just like, I can't deal mm-hmm. with that. Th- there's just nothing holding my attention here. And like Thor's character has funny moments, but that's kind of his shtick, right? Is that he doesn't get it. Because yeah, right. he's from another place right. and he doesn't get it. And so there's just so much like I don't feel like an entire film that 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 kind of character can carry an entire film. And so when he added this other dimension of him getting fat and funny and emotional, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, this is cool. Yeah. I, I actually I prefer this kind of Thor. I yeah. was upset when he lost his belly. I was yeah. like, oh, no, he's in shape again. Ah, damn it. Um even in Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok, I thought he was kind of, he was like, his, his timing was really good yeah, in that. Yeah, he, he has good comedic timing, uh, for sure. But um, I think you you probably have a bigger crush on him than I do. I mean, I... Well, I mean, I was just messing around, but he, you know, I, I feel like... Um, I don't know. He's like a, he's he's a, he's he's your brother for me, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've ever explained that. No. We've explained that. So I have this thing where, uh, <laughs> segue, I have this thing, uh, this level of attraction and there's people that you find obviously like people that I'm like, oh, these are very handsome. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 Christopher Abbotts, the Brad Pitt, uh, the, the the see Brad Pitt. I don't know that he doesn't. I love Brad Pitt, but he doesn't make that list for me. The Tom Hardys and the Christopher Abbotts and yeah. the Logan Marshall Greens. Uh, you know, those those are my list, dudes. Um, uh, and those are people that are like obviously attractive, aesthetically attractive, yeah. so, symmetrical. Then, well, no, because yeah. brothers and sisters can have that, but it's just my, per- this is my personal scale of attractiveness. Mm-hmm. And then there's those people that if somebody was like, oh, you know, isn't this person like amazing or attractive? You're like, I don't know. But if you went over to somebody's house, just like going over to their house for dinner or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, this is my brother. And you're like, that's your brother. That's a whole other, it's yeah, it's, yeah. its own thing. And I remember when we started dating and I explained this to you, you were like, that makes total sense. I mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> So we started, you started adopting it as well, where for women, it's like, that's your sister. Um, Maybe not someone that you would dream about, but for that, for your friend's sibling, you're like, well, damn, you know? So that, that for me is what Chris Hemsworth is. He's, he's like a, that's your brother. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. He's like aesthetically attractive, I guess, but I, I watch I, I want to see him act like that's why I yeah. usually watch um, him because I'm like, I feel, I feel like I feel there's like, something in yeah, here yeah, yeah. and I'm never quite. It's not him. It's that like the roles that he takes. I'm not getting yeah. all of it. Yeah, it'll happen too. like once all the once he's done with Chris like, Pine was like that. Chris Pine. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. You know, cause Star Trek. I was like, there's something here. There's something here. But I wasn't really getting it. And then of all things, it was horrible bosses, too, that I was like, OK, OK, yeah. he's got sides. He's got sides. And I like yeah. that. Yeah, I like Chris Pine a lot. Uh, so he's funny. So what, what did you, so, you know, well, I, you know, okay. What'd you think? What'd you think? First off mm. there, there's the 12, everyone talks about the 12 minute single quote unquote single take. I totally missed that. Um, I knew it was there, yeah. but I was, Which, I think I was so busy it was watching it that I was probably like, one of the best car chases I've seen in so yeah. long. It was done. It was so good. Yeah. It was just astounding. Like it's worth the price of admission as they say. <laughs> 
uh, alone. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was just phenomenal. The action in general was actually pretty good overall. There was a lot of sequences that he were impressed like me with his combat. Yeah. There was a lot of sequences that were um, really long sequences and really complex sequences. And so all the action and stuff, I mean, brilliant. It's so good. The story is just kind of like, I mean, it is Man. what you think it is. You know, yeah. I mean, it's in the trailer. They steal a kid. He's got to go. I mean, there's a kind of some yeah, a little bit, surprising a little stuff, bit. I guess. But um, yeah, the story is just, it is what it is, you know. Uh, but, the you know, the performances, too, were pretty solid. Chris Hemsworth was good. And the, I thought the kid was good. The kid was actually very good, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to just sit down and watch a really kick-ass action flick, that's the one. That's definitely the one to watch. Yeah, I... Um, and just watch out for that car scene, man. It's so good. The car scene was great, but I think because so much was going on, I didn't even realize that it was a one take. And I normally... Yeah. And I knew it was in there. So yeah. I was like waiting for the one take, but I was just watching all of the combat. I mean, mm. one of the things with combat where the, the main thing that you can go wrong on any type of action sequence like that and, and stunt choreography is is speed and timing. Yeah. You know, that's you, that's what sells it. When... I'm supposed to believe that you've knocked a gun out of somebody's hand and it seems like that's happening in slow motion. I'm not buying it and it mm -hmm. just takes you right out of the scene. But when you have to actually rewind because you're like, whoa, I just missed how yeah. that happened. That's what you want. You want people to have to stop it and rewind it and, and see that scene again because things are happening at lightning speed. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how the fight scenes were, which I was surprised because Hemsworth is a bulky dude. Although he, he seemed a little slim, I mean, he's still look, he's jacked, but he st seemed a little bit smaller yeah, but he, than. But he's quite jacked. Films. I mean, when oh, I yeah. when I think of these, when I think of fast movement, I think of um, you know a, Jackie a, Chan or somebody yeah, like Jackie that's Chan, small, Jackie but Chan, but I'm, yeah, I'm I'm you know um, a lot of like the raid Thai movies. films exactly. Mm -hmm. That's exactly where I was going. A lot of Thai movies and the raid. You know the the dudes in those those movies and and the ladies, um, uh, they're they're always fit. Mm -hmm. You know, and because you, you have to be to mm -hmm. move that fast I and mean, you can't be Slim bulky and, fit, yeah. and, and, and move very quickly and convincingly because your muscles very much actually get in the way. Yeah. So um, interestingly enough, there are a couple of stunt people that are overweight by by industry standards mm -hmm. that you considered kind of chubby. And some that I've seen that are like, wow, that's a big person moving really fast. I love that. <laughs> so, um, I'm always super impressed by that. And so there's got to be I mean, muscle weighs a lot. So does fat. So I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get how somebody who's just overweight is able to move faster than somebody that has a lot of muscles. Yeah. Something to that bulk. <laughs> I don't know if it's the momentum of the chubs that gets you going <laughs> like you just keep moving but um i'm always super impressed when i see somebody that doesn't fit the body type for that movement actually pulling it off that's always great mm -hmm. uh, so that, that was the one thing that i thought like chris Hem hemsworth moving fast in stunt choreography i don't think so and he did it i mean he he, he did a really great job it's uh it a little bit more violent than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Not complaining. Love it. But yeah. I just figured this was going to be a very watered down like yeah, PG yeah. kind of version. There were a couple, I wouldn't say like raid worthy, but getting kind of close. Yeah. You know, John stuff. Wick type stuff. Yeah, like John yeah. Wick type stuff that I was like, oh, oh. Um, so I, I did enjoy all of that, but not, I think that if it had a storyline that was a bit deeper, I mm. would have really liked it. Yeah. I would give it like a solid B. With the choreography being an A. Yeah. Stunt and choreography was an A, but as an overall film, it was like a B because the story was like, you, 
you get what you get. It's mm-hmm. really straightforward. And so now here's the whole controversy. They left the ending sort of up to yeah. your imagination. I had read an um, uh, an interview with the director who had said that I think initially they had wanted to make it one way, which was very straightforward, and that the test audience wasn't having it. Mm. People wanted to believe that this character could still be alive. All right. This is Hollywood and cinema, right? So only in that world can someone get shot 45 times and through the fucking neck and still potentially be living. Yeah. Only in the movies. Yeah. I don't care how much Navy SEAL or whatever the hell he was training that you had. No one gets shot through the carotid and just keeps going mm. somehow. <laughs> and then in water, no less. Yeah. But the the picture that is being painted is that he is still possibly alive. And then... That became a whole like, oh, but it's just supposed to seem that way for a happy ending. However, there's going to be a sequel. Yeah. So clearly, yeah, he is alive, which I feel like they should have waited to release that information because now there's no magic there, right? Yeah. There's no magic. Now, everyone who's watching that knows he didn't die. Well, I don't know. If they're going to have a sequel, like unless me, the sequel's watching a prequel. It, I, I felt like there was no question as to whether he survived or not. And your answer was? He did. Well, I mean, because of because of movies. Yeah. You know, I would have much rather preferred that he died. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're not going to get that because you got a sequel and, and... I thought what they should have done... Um, spoilers! <laughs> Shit, if you haven't seen it. Sorry. Yeah. But anyway, this the sequel thing's been out. Um, I thought it would have been interesting if they had the kid come out of the water, see him, come back gone yeah because then it's like wait did he wait because then you can kind of play with that but the fact that it ended on him being out of focus and in the background was like all right so he's supposed to be alive this is where i'm going to be a brat and just be like it's not physically possible for this guy to survive do you know how much blood that guy lost yeah well you know you always hear these stories about people people um going through these great things, getting shot like square in the forehead and surviving and all that. There was a, um, there was a woman, I'm going to get, I'm just going to get dark here. Leo survived the woods and Tom Hardy. This is true. Yeah. This is, well, Tom Hardy didn't survive. Yeah. He'd survived the bear and Tom Hardy and the woods. Well, survived. Well, Tom Hardy didn't do anything to him though. Well, he buried him and tried to kill him. He buried him. That's it. He buried him alive. Really? Which isn't he like with the, oh, that was the kid. He killed his son, but. Um, I thought you meant that Tom Hardy survived. I'm like, no, he very much died at the end. (laughs) Um, There was a case and uh, her name escapes me. I want to say either that her last name was Vincent, something Vincent. Um, 70s, late 70s. This woman was kidnapped. Um, She was um, hitchhiking. She was kidnapped by a guy. She was assaulted by this guy, uh, sexually assaulted, physically assaulted. And then he cut her arms off, I believe at the elbow chopped her arms off, rolled her down a ravine, like butt naked to die and bleed out. And she walked up that ravine with her, what was left of her arms up to keep from bleeding out, ran out into the road naked with no arms bleeding out like at a car that was driving towards her. And they stopped and were like completely shocked. I mean, you imagine seeing something like that. And uh, because if you look up her story, she had two prosthetics and actually... Uh, believe uh, learned how to paint without you know with the prosthetics there you go so i mean you know i think of things like that i think hemsworth can take a bullet to the neck if this woman but if it had 
only been a bullet to the neck I could understand, but he got yeah. shot like a lot. Yeah, but like, you know, in the leg and shoulder and stuff, that stuff doesn't count. There's in movies major especially. arteries in your yeah, legs. In the movies, that really doesn't. You might as well have been gotten grazed. All got right. grazed. He got grazed. Um, okay, fine. Whatever. We'll go with that. Uh, so I'm I'm going to whatever watch that. I'll watch whatever the second one is. But I just would have, you know, you know me. Yeah. Kind of like, let's just end things. Yeah. They better have some kick-ass fight sequences. That's all. That's all I know. Yeah. If it doesn't match, but well, at least what I got in the first to up one, the ante. you got to up the ante. Or at least give me what you what, what you give what you gave me there, because uh, if, the if story, I have if, to, this, if you're gonna have another thin story, if yeah. I have to believe that this man survived all of that, and then I got a thin story on top of it, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> so, okay. Um, there was actually one more thing that I wanted to. We saw a trailer, mm-hmm. and uh, we have been. Um, like talking about potentially doing reaction videos yeah. uh, to trailers and genuinely just like picking a trailer mm-hmm. off YouTube, whatever yep. new trailer came out and just watching it for the first time. Uh, and just having that reaction to it. I love watching trailers. I love watching trailers. Mm-hmm. If that was a job, I would do that full time. Love it. Um, so there was a uh, a trailer that we saw that's on streaming now called The Other Lamb, and it's kind of like a cult movie, so it's right up my alley. Yeah. Um, the director, God, I'm going to kill this, Malgordzata Zumowska. Mm-hmm. Zumowska? Sure. I think that's it. Um, so it is uh, cinematographer Michael Eng- Englert, um, and it is. it was filmed in Ireland, I believe, and uh, it had a, a $4 million budget, and... Here's the part that just gets me, though, because I, this is where I just want to like I, I want to know how this works out since we don't we would never have, you know, a four million dollar budget. Uh, I want to know how this this pans out financially when you you know you look up on IMDb and and, and, and whatnot. Uh, it released April 3rd, I believe, here in the States. And um, it it made like under five grand. Huh. And I think, holy shit. How does that? Whoa! How does that work out? I don't understand. And I don't know if that was just in the U.S., but even still, that's that's nothing. I mean, so this it's film's like one theater. Been, yeah, this film's <laughs> been out for a month. One theater, one weekend. What do you? Well, I mean, also it came. Yeah, it came yeah. out during this. So that's what I'm saying. So this is through streaming. I'm assuming this isn't theaters. This is it made five grand in streaming. Oh, hmm. right. Because if it released on the third, it wasn't in a theater. We've been on lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Because first of all, this movie we wouldn't have even gotten this. Well, there might maybe some overseas. I don't know what countries have. Yeah, there's overseas. Yeah, I'm saying this was the release yeah. here in the U.S. But I don't know just that. to make you know a four million dollar film has made only five thousand dollars, even if it's only here in the in, in the states. I mean, that's... Well, there are some theaters that are open, right? Maybe like in oh. Alaska or something. Well, Alaska had like the least. I think it had yeah. two cases or something. But you really think so you think this kind of movie is just. <laughs> blaring around in alaska yeah, that's they're yeah. just waiting for this film yeah. uh yeah no that's definitely not gonna be where they're making their money i just i would love yeah no okay here it is i'm sorry i'm looking it up um opening weekend domestic a thousand one hundred and ninety four dollars okay. gross gross it says gross domestic and the worldwide worldwide gross is the same four thousand eight hundred and twenty five dollars hmm. like i just i can't even listen you spent four million on this was I mean, that a percent? What? They made back a percent? One percent? Uh, if even. Four million to four thousand? Well, like five, you know, because yeah. the 
one it was like five thousand. I mean, that's rough, and it looks really good. I mean, the cinematography looks yeah. beautiful. It's totally something I would want to see. But you know, it have to be something with the the theaters and stuff. And I and looked it up, and I was like, holy shit! For some, so all there was probably some indie theaters that were like, f this, I'm staying open, and made some money. Well, I would assume that it was streaming. That's how we found it. Yeah. We found it in the in theaters now section of. But five grand, I mean, that's you know, if, if it, even if it costs five bucks, that's a thousand people watching it. There's got to be for four million dollars. There's got to be more than a thousand people that have watched it. I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know. Anyway, all right. Let's get that number up. Well, I mean, I haven't even seen it yet, but I, yeah. mean, I just, I just was really intrigued by that. It's just kind of crazy. All right, shout out, Steady Geek and Reality. Actually, Bomb, I want to. I have cast. a special <laughs> shout out. I want to do. Can I finish mine? Okay. <laughs> Steady Geekin, Reality Bomb Comicast, Perry Horovis, not up for debate. Who do you have? It's not the same. doesn't matter. What? I was just going to say, it's not even a shout out. I was just going to say that if you haven't seen Kevin James' YouTube channel, okay, yeah. definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. It is his his series on the sound person. He has other skits on there, too, that are really funny. But this, I, I love... I mean, I don't know. I think there was some controversy with him or something at some point, but I, I, I don't know it. Um, but I love when actors do this sort of thing. And he's just like making content, you know, like just little skits about being like mistakenly waved to somebody mm-hmm. and somebody, you know, mm-hmm. and um, he has this one skit that he does with like in a workplace. Um, but the sound person ones all he has like <laughs> six or seven. They're, they're really just good. so good, especially the last one he did with I Am Legend is my favorite one. But and they're done so well. They're done so well. Um, so, yeah, I would highly recommend checking those out. Yeah, hysterical. for sure. For sure. So um, and, you know, like. Perry and Steady Geekin and I did. I said I, I said everybody. I <laughs> Jeez. I just want to make sure we end with that because it feels weird not to end with that. Well, if you hadn't interrupted me, well, then I was trying to I get my recommendation before yours. That I was way. literally in the middle of talking when you you're were like, "I want to leave. I want to put something you're, in here." You were, you're too fast. <sighs> you city people. Marriage. So, uh, if you have anything you want us to watch, et cetera, send it our way. Um, if you just want to reach out and say, hey, you could do that too. Hey. hey. Um, if you want to reach out to say that we suck, I mean, you can, but we're not going to answer rude. that. And rude. So, um, but, you know, it's your prerogative. Whatever makes you happy, I guess. You're going to do Hope what you feel good do. about yourself. So, uh, I don't know what's going on next week. We don't know what's going on from, 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 the 99th from one episode. day to the next. We are almost at... At episode 100, I really wanted episode 100 to be this big, amazing thing and we'd have another mega sode and it would be a great celebration and it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Uh, if I'm alive and healthy hey. for episode 100, that, yeah, yes. then I'm good with that. So let's just keep that going. We'll celebrate another time. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.